welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be ridiculous by the time we get to the end of the year. Uh, welcome to Smoking and Toasting, the show that's all about crappier fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars. Guess what? It's our 80th show. That's pretty impressive. I mm-hmm. think we should celebrate with some whiskey and some really good craft beers. What do you think? I, I think this is a good idea. I think it's a great idea. So, so <laughs> welcome and uh, and welcome to, uh, you know, he's easily, uh, you know, he's easily our favorite guest. And I say this with the appropriate apologies to Jeremiah Butler. Yes, who you know is certainly in the running for being favorite guest, but we got we just Jeremiah. It's been too long since you've been on the show, and I say this with love, my friend, my brother. You need to be back on the show. If you can't be with the one you love, then we're going to love Chris Hart because yes. Chris Aww, Hart is here from the, the one Houston with. Whiskey Social <laughs> and the Houston Bourbon <laughs> Society, and uh, you had lots of stuff to talk about. We're very excited about it, and of course, you brought some goodies, which you always do, yeah, and that's always. very exciting as well. So, yeah. so ne- how, how have you been? First of all, well, let me just back up a second. I've never felt so appreciated and both settled on <laughs> in the same breath. <laughs> See, I feel like you're my wife. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a talent. It's a backhanded wonderfulness that we yeah. like to spread around. It's a talent that we share. So. I, I, I have a great time every time we're on the show, and, and, and you guys have definitely inspired a lot. But uh, I've been good. You know, we've got the the Whiskey Social ramping up this year. Yeah, um, we want to talk about that. We'll talk yeah. about it. Set for July. Uh, we actually pushed it back for a few reasons. We could talk about that as well. Okay. But uh, it's just been an insanely busy spring you know uh that what's that old account tax season yes uh, although it's literally don't tax remind, season don't it's remind also, me <laughs> it's also right. the busiest time of year for me so i just uh, as soon as i leave here today i'm hitting the ground running and doing going to con run back so it's, okay so you're going to tell us about that too yeah i happen to know what you're talking yeah, about there's a lot exciting. of really exciting things happening. very exciting so we want to want to talk about that uh, my name is cruz no uh, I, I heard a little bird yeah i i i I whispered a little a Sweet nothing. So. Yeah. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Uh, Adam Andrus is on the Wheels of Steel. And our special guest is Chris Hart. It is Whiskey Social Time. And this is show number 80. We are, thank you. We are brought to you by our good friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, they are located at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And wow, we got a great, uh, the show's going to be jam-packed and we're going to start drinking early. A lot of times we wait until... Uh, segment two to start drinking. Mm-mm. That may not be the case today. So, uh, so we're going to get to that shortly. But first, Ian, I must ask you, as I so enjoy doing in this segment every week, smoke anything interesting lately? Yes. Oh, the NPR lean is back. <laughs> <laughs> we were just, I knew you. Were you're going to love this. Okay? I knew you were going to pull it back. What, here's your, what I'm going to talk your about cigar? this week. Yes, you're oh. going to love this because I showed up. I have a buddy of mine that lives uh, just a couple blocks from me. Yeah. And he uh, he gets off work a lot of times. He doesn't get off work until late, so I usually don't even see him until like ten o'clock if I go hang out or, mm-hmm. or later, you know. And so I show does up. Does he show up at your house like eleven fifteen at night? <laughs> hey, dude. No, but he does just randomly text me. He just you know like come on out and hang. So uh, so I show up at his house and I always bring a couple cigars. He's got this great little back patio, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. we'll play poker. We'll just goof around and watch movie. He's way into like films and stuff. So we'll speak about how awesome Conan is and other things. I so, love when you say way into films, and then the one you mention is Conan. It's I a brilliant love movie. That. I love that. Brilliant movie. It's like 85 or something? It's, <laughs> yeah. Quite, quite a ways back. You would have to, you'd have to meet my friend Scotty. He's, he's a hell of a thing. So um, anyway, so I show up over there, and I always bring a couple cigars because he's got this nice little closed-in patio. Yeah. And, uh, and it's got the TV and the poker table and all that stuff. And, uh, and when I show up, sitting at my chair there is a black and mild. 
Now, see, I saw you post this on the internet. Uh, I on, did. On uh, a photo of this on Facebook. I did. A black and mild. Yeah. And you had a beer and what looked like and a whiskey. And he gave it to me as a joke. Right. And you smoked it. And hell yeah, I smoked it. <laughs> and so you're reviewing the black and mild So today. I am reviewing a black and mild today. All right. Okay. I showed my wife. I go, did someone hijack <laughs> Ian's Facebook account? Like, what is this about? Uh, but no, the whiskey. What's funny good. is I was about a third of the way through this cigar when he finally turned and looked at me and said, Oh, I wasn't actually expecting you to smoke it. <laughs> so, what did you think? This is what we're starting to show yeah, off. Yeah, you yeah, look a little I, speechless. I, I'm processing everything that's being said right now. You smoked a black. You remind me of this, this guy I know, uh, Evans, <laughs> who it looks like he's watching. I'll be uh, reprimanding you in a minute, too. But. Um, <laughs> A black and so go please continue. Yeah, please. I'm excited. We are excited to hear this. So, I don't think I've ever actually smoked a black and mild. Yeah, a Swisher Sweet years ago. Yes, and a couple of other various machine made ones, but I don't think I've ever smoked black and mild. Now this is the one that comes. It's a little self. It's got the around. filter tip. Right? It's got the little tip on it. Yeah, a little <laughs> cheap plastic tip on it. Which, by the way, is a truly annoying feature on a yes, cigar. Yes, yes. It depends on who who you are. But I owned it. I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm not surprised. And I lit this cigar. And the room note on this cigar is incredible. Is actually fantastic. It's incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they, if I'm not mistaken, they use Cavendish pipe tobacco. Right. It's basically a pipe in a stick. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so you probably really enjoyed this. Which, by the way, that, that tip is a pipe tip. It's like what you if you were to smoke a pipe, that's what you, that, yeah. the it's beveling. Good, it's except for like it's little, smaller yeah. and it's really cheap plastic. Of course, of right. course. Of Incredibly course. cheap plastic. Yeah, no excuse, but yeah. <laughs> It smells yes, incredible. No, no, I'm picking up what you're laying down. So, um, so anyway, I I lit this thing and I was actually <laughs> expecting you know to smoke about half of it and yeah. dash it out and be like ah ha ha that was fun and then light a real cigar you know. Right. I smoked the whole thing. Okay. I had to take the label off it. Wow. I smoked the whole thing. It was uh, delicious. Uh, <laughs> In only a way. That a sixty cent cigar can be. By the way, if you buy them on like JR Cigars or something like that, they're cheaper than that. It's fifteen dollars for twenty five of them. Okay, <laughs> that makes it about a sixty cent cigar if you yeah. buy it like that. Now, if you buy it in bigger bulk, I'm sure you can get them less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's go ahead and say that that's a sixty cent cigar, or maybe a dollar at the at the actual store. Okay, we could put it there. My amount of enjoyment that I got out of this, and this literally smoked, it tastes like pipe tobacco. It tastes like an oak, not a great pipe tobacco, but an right. okay pipe tobacco. You, you know what this means, right? Yeah. What, he's, what you're getting to? <laughs> <laughs> this is off the charts on a price versus quality. There it is. Right. Yes. It's got so, to be the, your best rating yet. So P to Q. So, so mm. P to Q. Okay, so I let me just talk about this. It, it, this Cavendish, <laughs> this beautiful <laughs> vanilla deliciousness. That was going on. The room note was fantastic. Everyone in the room commented on how was good that was. Was enjoying your black and mild. Yes. Everyone in the room commented. So like I had a great time with it. Now, was it a fantastic cigar? Not really. It was okay, but it was fun. It was interesting. It was different. Right. right. Price to quality. Because we're talking uh, 60, 60 cent, cent cigar. Cigar. Price to quality's gotta put it at eight. No, well, maybe ma- nine. It's got to be a perfect score. The way you're sounding to me, it sounds like this is the <laughs> highest rated, rated. It's the highest P to Q rating I think I've ever heard you give. Less it than, is less than a dollar, and and the way that you're glow, you're literally I glowing about so it. This sounds like your first it. date, the first time you meet a woman. <laughs> like you're talking. It's it's not bad pipe tobacco. It smells phenomenal. Yeah. 
How can you not give it a perfect score? Because it's Price not a good cigar. <laughs> right. Fair right. enough. All right. So All right. nine point nine. Right. So <laughs> it's not a good cigar. It <laughs> well, actually is just more pipe tobacco than a cigar, but. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed it all the way down to where, well, it wasn't going to burn my fingers because it had a little plastic tip on it, but I enjoyed it until it, it actually started getting a little bitter at the very end, and I put it out, and and my friends were laughing at me because I, I was like, you know what? This was fun. This was all right. I'll probably buy some for you know, mowing the lawn. Wow. Wow. You're right. I, I And, you know, forgive me for being snobby, I never would have tried one if it wasn't for the circumstance. Well, I, I, I just want you to know that I, I agree with everything you're saying. And yet, at the same time, I marvel <coughs> at how the universe has a way of balancing things. <laughs> because the cigar I want to talk about this week um, was an $11 cigar. So, well, so if we take your $0.60 cent cigar 60 and my cent. $11 cigar and average them, we're in the 5 to $6 cigar range. But we also might need to come up with a new like sub-lawnmower level. Of cigar, for, I, for I, that. I think I think this definitely calls for a new scale because it's kind of like you when when they give awards for movies, there's the comedy section, right, and the serious section, uh, which I guess can literally translate to cigars. You've got your serious section and definitely your comedy section of, <laughs> of smoking. That it's a different category altogether. Yeah. While still. By the way. The serious section is actually now referred to as the Casa de Monte Cristo. Oh yeah, yeah, there's that section. So, uh, <laughs> well played because they've been purchased. So, but no, you're right. And I feel actually, I have never felt like such a cigar snob as I will feel now telling you about <laughs> my eleven dollar cigar Please after Ian has extolled the premium hand rolled yes, cigar. Yes. Well, so I rolled up in my Bentley, and uh, no, uh, and when your driver let you out, um, the uh, the cigar that I smoked this week is uh, called the Wise Man. It's a Maduro, and it's made by the Foundation Cigar Company. Nicholas Melillo is the president and founder of Foundation Cigar Company. He was a master blender for Drew Estate for many years. And uh, kind of left and kind of started his own There's thing. a little bit of street cred there. He says this cigar is a tribute to Nicaragua, its culture, people, land, and the bridge between old world traditions and the new. By the way, if I wasn't the snobbier uh, guy on the show at this point, I would have just said Nicaragua. I, I don't think my I am, cigar said was Nicaragua. made in Nicaragua. I don't think it was. I think it was made in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, An absolutely beautiful uh, cigar. Uh, not as beautiful as a Black and Mild, but but beautiful <laughs> in its own way. Uh, and I've had a few of those. I honestly, I bought this one for its looks. I bought it in the humidor at uh, at Specs. Uh, box press, not too dark, but nice and smooth. Label looks or, or overall look? I'm, oh, everything. The label, just the overall look of the cigar was just, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous cigar. Uh, it had a San Andreas Maduro wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder and fillers. The pre-light was chocolate and earth. I, I feel like such a snob looking at my notes here after hearing about the black and mild. No, no, no. You're... Um, I used a punch, which you didn't have to use on the Black and Mile. Uh, lit the end. Was pretty amazed, actually, at the initial smoothness of it. I was expecting more of a bite, uh, but got creamy espresso and chocolate flavors. And then uh, about an inch or so in, here came the pepper. It was subtle at first, but kind of gradually increasing. You're looking at me like, you are such a snob. He's look- No, he's looking down at you like, y- it didn't even have a tip? Are you yeah, kidding it didn't me? Even- 
<laughs> no, actually, actually, what that really was was my cigar had no subtleties about it at all. Yeah, yeah. And there was no development of flavor except for it got bitter at the very end. Well, this one got like pepper about an inch in. Halfway point, the creamier flavors were totally replaced by the pepper. Uh, but there were notes of earth and leather that started coming through. And then the last third, honestly, was as good as any cigar I've had in a while. The last third of this thing. I mean, the first two-thirds were good. The last third was, like, amazing. And so that's kind of interesting for me because I'm not necessarily one of those guys that notices, like, these huge differences in a cigar as it smokes. But in this case, I, I was able to detect that a little more. And, and I could be um, wrong, but I think that last third is usually the, on, on the downslope. In many yeah. cigars, it is because it's burning hotter, because it's, right. you know, there's less and of it And it's got a collection and, of, of saliva. Um, so uh, very complex Oils. in the last third with the pepper easing back a little bit to mingle with the other flavors. It did start out medium-bodied, was full by the time I got to the uh, uh, nub that I laid in the ashtray. Uh, Ten or eleven dollar cigar, I would say worth every penny. I honestly would not have been disappointed if this had been a fifteen dollar cigar. It was fantastic, uh, but I'm so glad that it wasn't, especially because then I would really feel like a snob. Uh, price to quality, uh, I was. I'm just going to say I give the baby a six. So, uh, and you know, certainly not the. What did you do? Eight for the blackened. Uh, you know, for the enjoyment that I got out of that cigar, it was an eight. Price to quality, man. At, at sixty cents. Just think about it. At sixty cents, you could have like a dozen of those for what this one cigar cost me. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I feel like it's. I really feel like it's a near perfect score, but I feel like you feel dirty. You feel almost shameful giving it a better score than an eight. There's, there's, <laughs> there's some filthy can't wash off. Yes, yes, it's absolutely right. <laughs> like he cried after. He just <laughs> yes. he took a shower and he's just. Just <laughs> the black and mild. Yeah, I've been on dates like that, but the, you know that was that was when I was young and and uh, impulsive. Okay, so we didn't get to any whiskey in the first segment because the black and mild really threw us like into a whole different level of discussion but I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you did that uh next week i'll be uh smoking a uh, swisher sweet and uh ian will uh, probably have the you know uh the, the opus x or the yeah exactly oh no the opus x yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so uh, we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back chris is going to select some uh, whiskey for us to try and we'll be trying uh, a beer as well we've got some really interesting beers on the show plus cigar sales are up and cigar sales are down i'll tell you about that coming up on the show and the nine types, I thought Chris would enjoy this on the show, the nine types of craft beer drinkers that will drive you a little nuts. Uh, we'll get <laughs> I, to I bet of most of that applies to yeah. whiskey as well. Yeah, we'll get to all that on the show. This is Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. <laughs> I, I'm, I couldn't tell you how ecstatic I was knowing that you were about to give me a great score. <laughs> well, I, you knew it was going to happen. As you started talking, I thought, oh, my God, I'm about to give you a score. <laughs> i got to go get that beer out <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we are so uh, thrilled to have you listening to the show, show number 80. There are the drums that got us into a discussion about drums on the show and drum sound, and that has continued uh, on, on my Facebook page as I posted a, a photo <laughs> of, of John Bonham uh, and and you know my assertion that he is the greatest rock and roll drummer ever. And then uh, we've, there's been lots of fun discussions. But what I loved, by the way, is several people piped up and go, yeah, I heard you say that on the show. And so that made me feel... Uh, like maybe it wasn't a whole wasted segment right. that we talked about. John, John Bonham is one of the few yeah. drummers where you, when you hear John Bonham, you just know you it's John know. Bonham. And that Bonham. wasn't John Bonham, by the way. That was an Alice Chainsaw. No. But yeah, 
Uh, anyway, welcome back to the show. It's it's uh, segment number two. Chris Hart is here. We're going to talk whiskey, but you wanted to mention something about a cigar you said in the break. Yeah, yeah. so um, our, our mutual friend, Alan Denny, now represents E.P. Carrillo Cigars, and they just came out with something. I love E.P. Carrillo's. Um, oh, man. You know, I had it pulled up. I thought it was the Encore. I had it at a tasting last uh, mm-hmm. or two weeks ago. Wow. Our good friend Alan Denny supplied me with a stick, and I could not have been happier with it. I believe oh, it's called nice. the Encore. Give me two seconds, and yeah. if only we had that's some correct sort of handheld device where we could check out things. Yeah, if there only know, there was like a that. box you could yeah. ask so, questions. He, he, we, you know, we have this annual uh, kind of a low-key, quiet, awesome whiskey tasting that takes place every year called the Gulf Coast Bourbon Maniacs, and. Um, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just a, a, a privileged guest that gets to come. But Alan brought these new sticks that hadn't been out yet, and they're just—they're nice. I'd probably say about five, five and a half inches. They're box pressed. Um, couldn't have been happy with them. I have no idea what the retail price is, but having them back on the show, maybe outdoors somewhere where you guys oh, could love smoke. To do that. Yes, I think love to do that. you know, Alan. Alan would love it for sure. And Ep Carrillo, I I mm-hmm. enjoy that whole line yeah. so much. I, I really think they're yeah. I think they're improving. In in the past, there was some that was a bit hit or miss, but um, over the past couple of years, I've had probably yes. six solid Agreed. different sticks. Agree with you on that. That over the past couple of years, they do seem to have gotten better and better. So so very good stuff. <laughs> so we're welcoming you uh, back to the show. It's Smoking and Toasting show number 80. Chris Hart is here. And Chris is – so basically you're with two uh, whiskey organizations of note. There is the uh, Houston Bourbon Society. Correct. And then there's the Houston Whiskey Social, which is actually an event that you guys put together. Uh, but do you maintain like separate like Facebook groups and stuff for those two, or so, is it all one, or how do you do that? There's a, there's a lot of overlap, but it, it's been that way since the very beginning. So we started the Whiskey Social uh, three years ago before Houston Bourbon Society came out, and um, a good buddy of mine, Matt Phillips, uh, started the Houston Bourbon Society on December 5th, 2015, and um, I was I was one of the six first six people in the door, and there's always been a, a, a ton of overlap. I promote the Houston Bourbon Society at all of our events, and I can comfortably say that I'm uh, that the, that our event has boosted the H- Houston Bourbon Society quite a mm-hmm. bit. Right? I think so. I mean, you yeah. guys are both, uh, both from our whiskey social, and sure, yeah. right. So there, there's definitely been a lot of overlap, but uh, <laughs> I run that with uh, Matt Phillips and Randy Svetlick, two really great guys here in the Houston community. We're up to 3,000 members. It's awesome. Um, it, and it's just been, you know, natural growth and, of course, growth from mentioning stuff like on ESPN and here. And, you know, it, there's been a lot of, like I said, overlap. But, um, but yeah, both, both two different entities per se, but there's a lot of support and overlap from both. And the Whiskey Social, will this be your third or your fourth? So this will be our third year. Right. But we've done about a dozen events. We've done dinners, okay. classes, right, right, tastings. Right. Uh, we've done uh, a fall festival last year. Did you guys come to that? We went to the one that was in the old, uh, that was in the big building. That was that was the one we came to. So that was the one back in March of last yes, year. Yes, or yes, May yes. of last May year. May of last year, yeah, yes. Yeah. So that one, actually, so this year we've actually... Uh, we were given square footage parameters for last mm-hmm. year's event. Mm-hmm. Turned out to, the day of the event when we were lining stuff up that there wasn't enough room for certain things. Mm-hmm. So we immediately reached max capacity at that building. So last year we did seven hundred and f- just under 750 people. And this year we've decided to rent out the Citadel. Citadel is this awesome, just gorgeous, fairytale castle-like building 
uh, of about 19,000 square feet. So this is all in all about almost two and a half times last year's size. Well, Um, your event last year, and we told you this at the time, one of the better events of this type that we've ever been to. Yes. We both thought that. That that means a a tremendous amount. It really does. Because all all I've ever wanted is Houston is the fourth largest city in the U.S. Los Angeles has this awesome event that's thousands of people. Chicago and New York, these massive events. And in Mm -hmm. fact, New York has a couple. Um, And Houston, the fourth largest city, didn't quite have what it deserved. Anything that was, yeah. So luckily, thanks to a lot of support from people like Michelle Solomon, Yawante Curry, tons of industry folks here uh, that have just been supportive because I I think they realize what we're trying to do is just grow the community here. Mm -hmm. And we have now reached a point where Houston Bourbon Society or HBS is now seeing – God, uh, sixty new people a week, eighty people a week. It, I mean, it's kind of it, it bounces, but yeah, it's fantastic. Um, this year, we've we've I've capped it at a thousand people. We're trying to keep it under a thousand people. But last year, we did three hundred whiskeys. This year, we're introducing Pappy Van Winkle, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, which is just awesome. Um, that covers the gamut of of young bourbon, old bourbon. Uh, rise. I mean, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection is just is fantastic. So, well, I just we often talk about this on the show that we know for a fact that we have a direct influence on sales. Yes. Yeah. Because sometimes we taste something and on our way home from doing the show, we actually stop and pick we just some stop up. And of pick. course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah so no. But Let's but your event had a direct influence on sales. I can tell you because <clears throat> I went and bought a couple of things yep. that I tasted for the first time at that event, and it it's absolutely has an impact on sales because there's a couple of things I might not ever have said, yeah, I'll, I'll drop 60, 70 bucks for that bottle. Yeah. But I, when I tasted it, it was good. It was like, that's totally worth it. I'm buying that. Mm-hmm. You know, so There's this weird buyer's logic that happens. And it's not weird. It's, it's reasonable. It's totally understandable. But it, it's very hard to prove an impact on these events unless you can prove movement of sales. So mm-hmm. we did figure out a way around that this year or last year. And a lot of our VIP ticket holders received a very uh, surprise, very very nice surprise when they arrived to check in. Mm-hmm. So there, we did find a way around legally proving product yes. movement uh, without ex- without explaining too much more because I can't. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but um, it, you know it's a fun event, and, and I just I just want to introduce people to new things. And and now, dude, the Houston Bourbon Society is now moving towards cognac and Armagnac and. Uh, Anything that that spends time in a barrel is, is I mean, they're cousins: whiskey, rum, cognac, like All right. brandy, just yes. awesome stuff. Absolutely, and, and it's so exciting to see you guys branching out like mm-hmm. this. Now, I want to get information on when and where and tickets. Oh yes, but we need to do some tasting. Okay, first. let's do that. So, we'll we'll so get back to it. Yeah, yes. So we'll come back to this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you've already done your tasting of this uh, first, w- done a little bit. What what are we tasting here? And you we need call to pour yourself some more. So this is Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. It's a it's a fall release that comes Old out every Forrester. year. This is the round. Uh, this is the pot bottom bottle. I don't know yeah, if you can see that there. Yeah. Yep. So yep. Old Forester Birthday Bourbon comes out once a year. I think there was one year it came out twice. That's the birthday uh, moniker. Yeah, so 12, 12 years old, uh, and it's just a solid, solid old. In fact, I, I mean, arguably the best it's old like Forster product. Vanilla and maple. Yeah, this is my my kind of flavor profile. See, I prefer a higher proof, but you don't even think about it when you taste it. When mm-hmm. I taste it, it tastes higher proof. What is the proof on this? Forty eight percent, which is not much. Kidding? It's me. not bad. It's wow. low. 
So Old Forester comes out with this annual release every year, and it can be very hard to find, but that's when I will tell those who are listening to don't just spend time at Specs. Spend, spend time with your local mom and pops and support them because they will get maybe one or two bottles of this every year, and they will be, they will be calling you. To get when you those, to come, when, when those, those come, come in, in. Sure, so sure. it's a great product. Um, tell me about what's the uh, retail price tag on this. Bag? So um, I want to say this year it was eighty, eighty-five, well, ninety a, that's bucks. That's delicious, yeah. and it's just solid. I mean, I mean, it's a bit hard to travel with, especially because in our, especially in our right, new right. bags. Yeah, shape right. of the bottle. <laughs> Yeah, how did you get that? Here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, but it'd be embarrassing. Yes. Uh, well, well, it is good. I mean, it's it's like I said, this is the kind of flavor profile that I appreciate uh, most. I'm less of the peat guy. I'm more of the the maple and vanilla uh, right. type of that type is of flavors. And maple is, and vanilla. This has got it just all day long. That's the typical American palate. That is, we love our sugar. We love our brown maple mm-hmm. syrup. We love those flavors, and that's why bourbon is going through such a, a boom right now. Is now I'm noticing um, the last several higher end rums that I've tried mm. have had a real uh, sort of like it just goes, mm. yes, I love <laughs> I, that. I don't know so if anyone can hear that, but they've mm. had a real cinnamony, um, not just the. The sweetness and the you know the vanilla and the uh, the usual sort of barrel, but a real cinnamon thing. And I'm wondering, is this almost enough to burn? Like, is like this my palate shifting, or is there a real trend towards this? I wonder. In rum, you were talking about the typical American yeah, so, uh, palate, right? So, and the same thing applies to rum. Rum is sugar, right? And right. we, as Americans, we go through a lot of rum. Yes. It's not always good rum. Right. It's often mixed with other stuff, but we we go through a lot of rum. So, um, I will tell you that it, I recently introduced my wife to some higher end rums and she did not enjoy it right away it's a different profile but we now both go through quite a bit of rum at the house it mm. yes your palate will easily shift the moment you acclimate to 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 re- once you remove expectations of what you expect to taste you'll find you'll find your that your palate your appreciation yeah. Yep. yeah so when you when you taste bourbon and you're expecting to taste bourbon and then it doesn't taste like bourbon then you say okay this is a bad bourbon when you taste rum and you have no experience in rum, your your only familiarity is bourbon. You may expect to pick up on bourbon notes, and then when right. it tastes completely opposite, you're turned off by it. Right? Does that make sense? Well, I mean, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot of whiskey and and uh, bourbon drinkers kind of kind of p- getting into the There's rum, becoming thing a nowadays. large crossover. Yes. I oh, think. Th- yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, like I said, they're, they're cousins, and so the entire community benefits from the bourbon boom branching off into rums and there's a phenomenal line that is almost to texas it's not quite here yet called habitation Valier, and it's just some of the best rums in the market and i, I cannot wait till they get here look forward to it there it is it wasn't a loud one but i have uh, just popped the top on something i was very excited to find um anchor brewing company uh, the guys responsible anchor for anchor brewing steam yeah uh san francisco based uh, brewery um, Anchor's team is great. We have loved their Christmas beers. Love, love, love their Christmas beers. Every year, every year it's I different, and every year too. it's good. Uh, I just found their Go West IPA, and so I had to uh, had to try some of this for the show because, after all, uh, it's IPA and it's Anchor. So, like, there's nothing wrong with this equation is what I'm beginning to Also, think. it's so. probably not going to get more West Coast IPA than that. <laughs> well, it should be interesting because one of the things that's happening with a lot of the West Coast uh, breweries 
is that they are starting to brew the quote unquote New England IPAs, which are the hazy, you know, fruity right. uh, IPAs. So uh, I have a feeling, though, this one's going to be uh, very West Coast oriented because it is called, and it's got the Anchor Brewing elephant on the label, but it's called Anchor Brewing Go West IPA. So I'm thinking that. There's a good chance we've got some, you know, cascade uh, hops going on here. Let me see what it says on the bottle. Oh, I can't read it because that's that's just far too small a print for me to be <laughs> able to read. It's too tiny. Uh, but um, I me, can tell you. Do you want me to look at? You want to take the, a shot at it? Oh, 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 you would look. Yeah, I, what I do know about this uh, about this beer is that I've never had an anchor product that I have not liked. So I can tell you before even going here that I'm expecting this to be something. That we're going to be, that at least I will be pretty happy with being, being the guy that loves IPAs. But I'm always interested to see how the IPAs go over with Ian because his, you know, his palate's a little different. Well, from mine. Beer Advocate uh, popped up first with this. Uh, well, don't say see. it yet. Don't don't taint the review. Oh, well, I mean, read it, but don't give the review. The, oh no 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 yeah, yeah no no. So it's this is a the six point seven ABV. Okay. Available year round. Uh, high, and yeah. yeah, they don't have any other information whatsoever about it. Well, I can already tell you that it's very tropically fruity, uh, that it's got a nice carbonation to it, and it's a little more sessionable than some West Coast IPAs that I've had. It it's like a little more sessionable than like the Stones and some of the other uh, sort of California it a, IPAs. It has the bright hoppiness of the the typical west coast ipa but it's tailored it's is tempered by having a little bit more malt profile in the middle yes and the malt in the middle ha- it keeps the bitterness from being quite as uh, tangy quite as bitter, on the yeah. end i mean you know we talk about ipas a lot and one of the things that kind of has fr- been frustrating about the whole juicy ipa uh, trend just gotten a lot of people into ipas who then go and taste a more you know like a west coast or a different style ipa and then they complain about it being bitter. It's an IPA. That's They're what it's supposed to, to be. It's bitter. what it does. That's right. A, the, right. That, that are, harkens back to the, right. the uh, expectations of right. when you go into beer. But that said, I love when the malt balance keeps the See, hops from overtaking the flavor. This is a little profile. more balanced, I think, than what I'd expect from when you say West Coast IPA, because mm-hmm. I've been conditioned now when you say West Coast IPA. I'm so used to you the IPA thinking about just being this huge hop, hop bomb hop, yeah, hop that's explosions. bitter from the beginning to the middle to the end, and this actually has that warm, malty thing happening in the middle. Now, not enough. It's, it's not a real malty IPA, right? but it has just enough of that to really smooth out the center of the flavor of this and then, and then leave you... Uh, with the bitterness and the aftertaste that makes you go, hmm, I'd like another sip. Sure. Not, hmm, yeah. how sure. do I brush my tongue off to get that out of my mouth? You know? I did show that bottle to the, to the camera, and it is the typical anchor-shaped bottle, which is kind of a unique uh, bottle shape in the beer world. It's very maritime. Kind of cool. yeah. Very, very maritime. maritime. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So well, I, I would agree with you. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love it. Being the IPA guy, I certainly have those that fall into my favorites category, and I would put this in that category pretty squarely. This is an IPA I could drink on a regular basis, and will. And I, I, I think I've said this probably two or three times before when I've been on, um, and again, thank you guys for having me on so much, but the it reminds me of a hot summer day's yard-working beer. Mm-hmm. And I, I always get that from IPAs in general, not so much from the any IPAs or the hazy IPAs, but this to me... I think it brings out a whole lot more flavor, that higher proof. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, is it typical to see almost seven percent from it's an IPA? Not a, it's not unusual. Not like, particularly, of. like you look at like the Stone IPAs and those. Those are bigger. West Coast. Those yeah, can be even even bigger than the sevens. Yeah. So I, it's a bit more bolder. I, I, I'm definitely pick up on some some maltiness behind the fruit, but it's, um, it's. I think it's great. When we come back, I want to talk celebrity spirits, and I want to talk a little more about. Lots to uh, say about that. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping you did. I was hoping you did. Uh, so I want to talk about that, and I also want to uh, talk about uh, a little more about the whiskey social and uh, how people can participate in it this year because you said it's going to be limited to a thousand, so people are not going to want to wait to buy tickets. So we'll give you the information here coming up in the next segment. And Chris, what are we sampling in our next segment? Well, it depends on it. We can go. Uh, I've got a great single malt. I'd like to go back to Glendronic, or we can visit this uh, nice maple well, let's shade. Let's hold on to the maple shade okay. for the last segment, and we'll, uh, we'll, okay. we'll go Glendronic, did you say? Yeah, Glendronic's right. great. Let's uh, go there next. It's Smoking and Toasting. You were listening to the show that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. That music is body. It is, and it's boisterous, and it makes me want to <laughs> drink lots of beer and whiskey. Rocious. Yes, yes. Uh, this is smoking and toasting. Craft beer, fine spirits, hand rolled cigars. It's our 80th show, and it's whiskey social time with uh, Chris Hart, who we are thrilled to have uh, guesting on the program. Chris, our show is brought to you by uh, a place that I know you have some fondness for: B and B Butchers and Restaurant. Big fan. At 1814 Washington Pork Ave Valley. in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork. <laughs> In Fort Worth, yes, and the bacon. Come on, the bacon. The okay. bacon. So we are we are uh, sampling yet another. Uh, you mentioned, by the way, uh, that you were thrilled that we'd invited you to be on the show so many times. Let me let me just say, it's kind of like you ever invite somebody over for like a party. And they bring a really good bottle, uh, whether it's like a, a spirit or wine or something, and and you wind up like you'll say, I would say to my wife. Make sure they get invited again. And that's kind of the way it is. Is with that what Chris. it is? He always <laughs> brings such good stuff. Of course you're gonna be invited back again. You know, he you has a personality it? too. Yeah, yeah. But Yeah, that's not the main focus. <laughs> but let's talk about the stuff he brings. Because <laughs> that many yeah. people don't like that personality. <laughs> uh, no, no, you I always mean, he do hasn't bring, brought it with him yet, but <laughs> Yeah, you always <laughs> You always do one. bring great uh, stuff. What what are we sampling now, Chris? So um a couple things, you know, uh, right now we're sampling Glendronic 21 Parliament. So Glendronic, which was recently bought by Brown Foreman, they do Old Forester, uh, Jack Daniels, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Woodford Reserve. Woodford Reserve, which, by the way, I had a Woodford Reserve the good other night by. at dinner. Oh, man, was it good. Good standby. They've actually got man, a, was it good. A, a couple things coming out this year. They've got a single malt coming out. They've got... Um, uh, I just saw earlier another version of their uh, old. Well, no, that's not Woodford Reserve, but Old Forester's got another brand coming out this year. So there's so much happening in that old, in the Brown Foreman portfolio that I'm, it's exciting. Okay, to, so for you, when a brand like this gets purchased by a Brown Foreman, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad yes, thing I, because I, we're going through this big time in the craft beer world right now, and it kind of feels like maybe it isn't a great thing sometimes when some of the craft uh, breweries get purchased by the big boys. Let me give you an example. Uh-huh. Westland in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So Westland Distillery out of Seattle just got bought out by Remy Contro and mm-hmm. they um, but they're almost entirely completely hands off 
No, they are entirely completely hands-off in the process of making the spirit. So um, Westland, even though they're now owned by a huge pocketbook, a, a huge conglomerate, mm-hmm. they are making it how they've always made it. They're un- still making the same uninterfered. Product. Right, uninterfered, right. yeah. So I, while I under... And, and if you go back and listen to past episodes that I've been on, I've been playing devil's, devil's advocate, advocate with you guys when it comes to buyouts because it depends on the type of buyout. As long as they don't affect the process, I don't... Can I cuss? I don't give a shit. You're yeah, no, of course, and, and you absolutely yeah. can. Bobby isn't here anymore. Bobby was the one that got worked up when we cussed. So. Yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 absolutely true um, that um, I will tell you, and we're going to have some on the show and review it, but it may be a little while because we've got so many great beers. But like, I had a chance to taste Carbox New Weekday Warrior, their session IPA. It's freaking delicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. And Carbach, of course, was bought by uh, you know uh, Anheuser Busch. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of the AB Boys. They've been pissing me off lately. But I totally love too. the Carbach guys, and I love their passion for beer, and I love what they do. They doing. make so many sessionable beers too. They do. Like, they're good at that. They do. Yeah. And and I don't know if uh, you recall Ian, but it wasn't that many shows ago we had their uh, barley wine. Remember in the big uh, and yep. wow was it, it was good. good. The Nigel, it was, it was just absolutely good. Nigel, so, they have that on tap at the New Potato. I've, so I've sampled it a few oh, times. Oh, very nice. Love the New Potato. Shout outs to those guys. They're yes. awesome. Uh, so this is uh, this is very interesting on the nose. Yes, yeah, so I this haven't is tasted a twenty-one year old single malt that's aged entirely in. Um, Sherry barrels, and I, I was going to say is use, that. So that's yeah. what I'm getting on the nose because I was going to say this has almost got like a little bit of a cognac vibe to it, but it's the sherry. I've been doing research, making me think that. Okay. Yes. Over here. Oh, yes. I see. You're a research oriented guy. That's one of the things I love about <laughs> you guys. It. Have been talking a lot. I've been doing my research. Um, this is actually amazing. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you said that because I agree completely. Like I feel like I actually have an oak stave stuck in oh my, my mouth God, right now. Oh my god, you're so right. I just took my first sip. It's it's that's been soaked in sherry and wonderfulness. Wow, like it See, is so good. And the I want a T-shirt that says it. that soaked in sherry and wonderfulness. <laughs> I would wear that T-shirt everywhere. Well, I'm familiar with uh, with the liquid. I have a uh, my wife bought me a bottle of the uh, Allardyce, eight, the eighteen year old, which is so good. Um, and this, has, I love how he knew which one. By the way, this yeah, is right. why. Yeah. This is actually why you're such a great guest. <laughs> he um, and it actually has a lot of the same smoky profile that this mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. Like that's maybe just the Glendronic thing is that smokiness mm-hmm. that you get. Now it's a little peaty, but it's a lot smoky, and it's so good, and it blends in, and it doesn't stick to your mouth like a like like some really smoky whiskeys get. It's, this is great. So this is uh, done in a mix of Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez sherry casks. It's 21 years old, and and from what I understand, they've been out of it for a minute for since last year's release. They are re-releasing it here in the next few months with a much wider production, a, wi- a wider release, and it is just all uh, to me. My goal in spirits is the fall flavors, the Christmas flavors, the dried mm-hmm. fruits, the mm-hmm. prunes. That's what you love personally, I right? Love this has it. all those dark Sherry, fruits. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. a Thanksgiving bottle. It's what you bring over to the house with the family, and after you're eating a, a, a slice of pumpkin pie, you pour yourself uh, some Glendronic 21 or some 18, and it's and some you, of the the only criticism is I'd like to see about five percent more in ABV. I like to see a little bit more bolder flavor, but it's say, awesome. At Thanksgiving, I'm not so sure because you pour this like for everybody. 
after the meal, Depending and then on you're how sitting you get around and you start family. arguing Dallas Cowboys with people. Yeah, it just depends on the family. Yeah, because everybody's like really, you know, because the Cowboys will be on TV, and everybody like either loves them or hates them. So it's a I beautiful. Have a, I have a Steelers know. terrible towel that I like to taunt my wife with, and yet I love you as a friend. <laughs> so see that, that just goes let's to start, show you. Let's start bringing it to the show and wear it as a headband. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is this is great though. This like, is amazing. I, I really really love this. What what I really love about this though too is like it it does so many things. Like it's smooth, it's delicious, it's smoky, it's all that. The finish is so good on this. Am I getting apple in there? So again, going back, I mentioned but green apple. I mentioned yes. every Christmas flavor except. Baked apple, which is one of my or apple period. I mean apple pie. What apple I know pie, there's yes. I know there's no, a no, fight eternally between pecan pie and apple pie, but no apple uh, wins that. Hands I, I think I love pecan pie. Well, and it definitely has a lot of the bourbon southern. Pie. Have you ever had bourbon thrown yeah. in your oh, pecan my, pie? My wife makes a great bourbon pecan pie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but that this. being said, but that being said, well, and you know, Crown and Royal I, actually releases a pecan pie Thanksgiving. That's pretty damn. Pretty damn good. <laughs> no you go to Specs and it's it's just a twenty dollar pecan pie with a crap ton of Crown Royal in it. It's, it's not you know, bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for my H E B. Like across the street, I have a Dot Coffee Shop, which is a Papa's uh, yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and they have an awesome pecan pie. It's like eighteen dollars. Oh wow, that's right? good. My H E B right behind that makes a pecan pie that's about ninety percent as good. At five dollars, you know you're from Texas when you're throwing HEB references. That's all I have to say. <laughs> at five dollars, five dollars. Yeah. HEB, yeah. and this is completely off topic. HEB is the Amazon of the grocery store it world. Is, totally yes, yes. They're not going away. They've although, won. They've won the fight. Although I will tell you, the Amazon of the grocery store world may be Amazon eventually. Because yeah. I was at right, uh, right. The, actually I was uh, I was at Whole Foods, which is where I bought the Go West IPA that we tried earlier. I had not seen that. Now, I'm not saying it's not at other places I shop. That's just where I saw it. And they have a really nice craft beer selection. If Amazon keeps heading in the direction they are, I would not be surprised if they are the ones to finally change Texas laws to allow shipping of alcohol. Oh, wouldn't that be an awesome I mean, thing? you're talking about the company that's now mm-hmm. almost near the trillion-dollar mark, the first trillion-dollar company ever. Mm-hmm. Amazon is such a monster that I would not be surprised if between them and, you know, because Walmart was suing to, mm-hmm. to allow alcohol mm-hmm. sales. <clears throat> between them two, I wouldn't be surprised if we would be able to order beer from Amazon within the next five years. You know, it's interesting that all this stuff is so interesting to talk about. And, and I, I think that, it you know, the liquor laws are so different in every state. And there's so many things to talk about. But I want to make sure I get to this yeah, while ahead. we have you on the show. Sure. Um, your thoughts on, well, okay, so here's the story that kicked it off. John Rich, Big and Rich, the country uh, duo, right? Okay. Very popular. I like John Rich. I've seen him on television shows and stuff. Seems like a really, really smart guy. I dig him. Uh, He is releasing his own uh, whiskey. And it is a, uh, a, a very interesting thing that he's doing, and he is calling it, um, Redneck, these are the guys that did... Save a horse, ride a cowboy. I'm looking to make sure that I get the um, the name right because this didn't actually print so, out. So like before you to, but before you tell me that, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to add the note that that there's already a bunch of red flags happening. Okay. Anytime a celebrity releases a spirit, uh, it's almost almost exclusively a watered down to forty percent. Uh, Right, bulk mass product that's not worth your time. But and, and this is a uh, 
interestingly enough, this is a Redneck Riviera whiskey. Okay, that's yeah. what he's talking. So that that right off the bat, I'm I'm out. So right. now, so would you try it? Though? I, I would. I'd be more than happy to try it. I'm not a snob. I really don't think I'm a snob. But if <laughs> there are always some preconceived red flags, green lights that you see in spirits before you even taste it, mm-hmm. and that's proof uh, where the product is sourced. The name and the label. So if well, you, there have been some pretty good celebrity wines. I mean, like Maynard James Keenan of Tool has a winery. Wines different than and spirits. and his wines are terrific. I've had two different ones, and they're wonderful. I, I can't speak to the wine side. Wait, are they depressing? And do they make you want to cut yourself? A little they bit? are, <laughs> and that's part of why they're so good. Got you. Okay. Yes. 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 So <laughs> these wines are modeling. Sorry. <laughs> the, Virginia Black was a, a whiskey that came out uh, a couple years ago mm-hmm. from. Uh, and I actually like the the rapper Fine Drake, mm-hmm. but it was a a bulk produced product in a very gaudy, awful bottle that wasn't worth your time. And I don't know how well it's doing in sales. I don't think it's good, but no whiskey collector is putting Virginia Black on a shelf. All right, so let me see if this will change your mind. I have one more piece of news to share okay. in this general area. There's a new tequila brand that is in the planning stages it's from the backstreet boys i'm out <laughs> in fact i'm so out that i have were, to leave right now you were out I have before to i finished the word boys like i said back i'm out <laughs> I, I, I'm I have out. to physically leave the building uh, right now so they're working on trying to actually they it may be a what's a, it wait, called wait, wait, wait. what's I, it called I, i'm curious i'm curious for a second here like why does a grown man have strong feelings about a Teenage girl band. Uh, no, well, not, I don't call them a teenage girls. girl band, man. Look, look, Backstreet's back, and they're in my heart. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay, so them, sorry, no, no. They're a boy band, but we're we're. Kinda, they're they're, they're an everybody boards. band. All I have to say is that when we go through, like at the in the hundredth episode, when we look uh, back, we're gonna play that sound the bite. episodes that have been and pull sound bites. That will be one of them. Listen, Spice Girls, Backstreet back. Do you, I mean Backstreet Boys? Do you remember Backstreet Boys and NSYNC had a battle between each other? Where yeah. You were either a girl that liked Backstreet Boys or a girl who liked NSYNC. I was a girl who liked NSYNC. You were a girl who liked NSYNC. Yes. Can we grab that soundbite? Yes, we can grab that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't a fan of either. No, I know you weren't. I, and but but I, I have to say, I actually wasn't an NSYNC fan. But Justin Timberlake did win me over. Okay, so. Listen, if you don't the love first Justin Timberlake solo in general, then we're not Justin friends. Justin Timberlake yeah. album, yeah, is a guilty pleasure. Oh, actually, I like pleasure. pretty much everything he's done uh, since so, then. So let me just but that's a halftime different. show. It was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go on record though as saying, "Man of the Woods," that song from title track from his new album. I've listened to it fifty times. And there's times. also I love it. There's also Dick in a Box. He's got a sense of humor. Yes, he does. Oh, he's yes, actually he tremendously funny. By the way, we've officially cussed more on this show than all <laughs> than of the shows. <laughs> and Chris Hart, I believe, is the uh, major guilty party. He, he, well, I'm just, I, <laughs> I'm you're the you're, you're the catalyst. You're a very bad influence. You're a bad influence. You and your whiskey you and your wag my bourbon. Pencil, and you? and your, yeah. All right, we are. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even need to tell you about Backstreet Boys because the truth is they haven't even sourced their tequila yet. I would just I would try it. Wait, wait. Are you saying? that Backstreet's back? Apparently they're back, and according to Chris, they're in your heart. In my heart, that's yeah. right. So I will tell you this. <laughs> if if they, if they there was actually a celebrity-produced spirit that 
produce like a cash strength option or something really right. craft and genuine, yes. I would welcome it with open arms. But when you say first celebrity, then you say a watered down spirit, and then you say a bulk produced product, these are all red flags that just add up to I'm out. So uh, let me just say this Sammy Hagar was the guy that did Cabo Wabo mm-hmm. tequila. That Cabo Wabo was a very good tequila, particularly their Reposado and their Añejo. Now, he sold it. He doesn't own it anymore. And he now has a rum, which, you know what, I'll get us some. We'll, we'll taste it on the show. But I can just tell you from having, like, it's okay for a cheap rum. Like, it's not, it's it's kind of like what you're talking hey, didn't about. We it's have, not a, didn't we have Hanson's beer on here that is called, and I'm not actually joking about this, I, it's called Mm Hops. Yeah. I believe Was we it did. good? It, it wasn't bad. I wouldn't, I would try it. I, it I would was, try it anything. Was worth trying. It was worth trying. It's not like I go out of my way. When we but, come back, but it's funny, just situationally. When we come back, I brought something that I know Ian likes. It's Alesmith's Old Numbskull. I love that stuff. And we'll be tasting it. It's a barley wine ale, and uh, we've got more whiskey to taste too. This is a very I'm fun gonna, show. I'm going to do my best to act like I've never tasted. <laughs> it. Okay, yeah. I'd love to hear you be like really surprised when you take that first. Uh, uh, that first sip. watch, watch my face because I'm gonna be like, "Wow!" It's smoking and toasting, and you are listening to the uh, uh, show that is brought to you by our friends at BME Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We'll be right back. <laughs> That's why we do the show because we have a good time. Uh, out the front door, the suite, and then it's right by the water Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. We are thrilled to have you listening to show number 80. And let me just say, again, as I have said previous times on the show, the Suffers are like one of the most important emerging bands in the world right now. If you're not paying attention to them, you need to be because they're awesome. The Suffers, suffers. yes. Uh, They are Gulf Coast Soul, and they're amazing. Uh, okay, so we're glad to have you back on uh, Smoking and Toasting. We have been uh, tasting whiskeys and beers, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, but <clears throat> we just just to wrap this conversation about celebrity spirits, is what would it take for you to go? Well, well, obviously, what it would take is tasting something and liking it, right? Right, right, right. 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 Uh, but what would it take for you to say this might might be worth my time? So. <clears throat> Uh, I mentioned a, a bunch of green lights, right? So a higher proof, uh, a reasonable price, um, mm-hmm. non-ridiculous, over-the-top packaging is a big part. Right. A lot of times you celebrities will produce their this. smiling face on the label. And well, yeah. no, not so much. Their, I don't. I honestly wouldn't mind their face on the label as long as it didn't come in some ridiculous box and cost 150 bucks. Oh, right? okay. So you're so, talking about the the pseudo fancy packaging. Correct. Correct. Yep, correct. Yep. And then on top of that, you've got you know uh, I think someone had mentioned that Redneck Riviera is an 80 proof label. It says small batch. With so so 80 proof. I mean, does that make you feel any better? <laughs> no, that's no. the minimum. That's, okay. That's the uh, minimum. The minimum requirement to be called whiskey. If is it's 80 lower proof. than that, I think it becomes liqueur. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure on that. I just know that um, it's 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 not. If that's worth. not true. I'm saying it's true anyway. Uh, I like when Ian just throws stuff out there like that. And like that sounds good. I'm going with that. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. yeah I give you an example. Glendronic here. So Glendronic is a that we just sampled in the correct, last segment. Right, yes. is a widely popular, widely loved, and well respected spirit across beer, rum, tequila, whatever. They everyone loves Glendronic. 
and it's bottled at 48%. That little bump cuts into their margins, but it it brings out a much more bold product. A bolder product, yeah. yeah sure, so, sure. And, then, and then there's notes here listening that says, um, uh, Redneck Riviera is a small batch with vanilla honey, smoothness, and subtle oak Well, finishes. that sounds good. It sounds good, but it, if you know what you're reading, it's garbage. So smoothness okay, okay, doesn't mean okay. anything. Smoothness right. is a complete lack of flavor. A complete. It, it, it's not oh. a descriptor. Now, see, when I say smoothness in, in like relation to a cigar, though. Different. That could Different. be a good thing. So when people say smooth when it, in regards to whiskey, smooth. they're saying, I just shot it and it wasn't miserable to shoot. But oh, when you're sipping yeah. whiskey, you wouldn't shoot it and smoothness wouldn't come up at all. Now, you can mm-hmm. say there's an abrasiveness or a young corn bite, but smoothness is, is not a descriptor. It doesn't mean anything. So it, in the beer world, I, I think our, our code word is sessionable. Like if it's something that doesn't have too much bite to it and we feel like we're not feeling the ABVs as being too high and it feels like it's a little thirst quenching we'll say it's sessionable, sessionable. Yeah. Right? yeah 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 so what would the equivalent of that be in the spirits world that wasn't a bad thing um you know i i can't quite put my finger on it i'll, I'll say this when you're reading a label and it says the word like it's smooth and it's 40%. These are all things that tell you that this is really marketed towards the general unbeknownst. And I say ignorant as a matter of... But not the, not the people who are really into correct. the craft yeah. Yeah, ig- side ig- of things, Ignorance is right? not a, necessarily an insult. Ignorance just means you don't oh. know any better. Well, people, people would say that Bud Light is smooth and easy to drink. Correct. Because you know? it quite literally is void of anything. I mean, it's the most... <laughs> well, which means okay. it is actually smooth right. and easy to drink. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You ever which is not the, a good thing when you want a spirit. Unless ever, it's warm. You ever listen to the Jim Rome show? Negative. Uh, Okay, so Jim Rome does this sports talk show. And when someone says something really, really good on the show, he says racket, which is, that's his code for grab that that sound bite, we're going to want that later. When you you just said that that Bud Light was, what did you say, void of anything? You said Bud Light was smooth, and I said exactly, it's void void of of, anything. Void of anything, racket. It's it's not. Racket, that's good. There's nothing (laughs) crazy there. You went, listen. Drinking serves two purposes. Drinking, whether it's beer, rum, spirits, tequila, uh, drinking is either to get drunk, to get hammered, mm-hmm. or to experience something. Mm-hmm. Every episode of the show, you guys experience something. We try to. Correct. Yeah. Right. So when you want to experience something, you want it to take you on a ride. Mm-hmm. And Bud Light is a roller coaster with no ups and downs. Can you just come back every week? <laughs> but at least it has a long line. I will tell you this. Yeah. In the right. R- <laughs> right. In the realm of Bud Light, I like Bud. It's a kid got a roller coaster that doesn't go up. It just goes around. Yes. I love it's this. It's like the kitty thing where it just it just this. goes in a circle. Oh my god. I I, love I, I really enjoy the the <laughs> if I had to choose Budweiser Red Label is is the better of the two. It's at least to take you it at I, least I takes you on a ride. All right, all right. If you had to choose, look at that. And that right there is a... That's an experience. That's an experience. Right. It's part, of, it's part of why we do this, you know, silly thing that we do where we like to open the bottles, both the, uh, the beers and the uh, spirits, on the air because it is part of the experience. When I, uh, you know, my wife and I are big fans of, of champagne, like at home, or, or sparkling wine, right? Part of the fun. Is when that cork comes out. It's part of the experience. I love that. You know, 
Now, Did you, you know, say I poop? I said foop. Oh, okay. Sorry. I the you sound effect. Foop. Yeah, foop. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, sir. No, not, no, not that. I, I, for a second there, I thought you went, you know, this has been our cussing show, so I thought maybe you were <laughs> trying to Then he wouldn't have said poop. <laughs> thought he was trying to steer it back the other way. You know? Right? Uh, yeah, that's all. So, you know, uh, Chris mentioned earlier that, that a lot of times he doesn't listen to our podcast because he likes the visual side of it. I prefer to watch y'all show, yeah. yeah. So apparently we're entertaining that way. We need to be more audio, though. Okay. So that's why I was, so that's why was one, one of my was an audio. sound effects. You, Chris, guys, I want you guys to feel what's going on. Chris, I, I, this is a good time, I think, to ask you this question as we're about to taste the old numbskull uh, from Ale Smith. Um You've got a show of your own coming out, and I want you to talk about it. Tell us, A, what is it about? How is it How is it put together? When does it start, and where can people find it? So uh, I had originally, uh, you know, two, three years ago, Doug, as you know, Doug Harris, mm-hmm. uh, my, mm-hmm. my marketing guy, he had um, approached me about doing a show. We weren't quite at that stage yet, right. so we put it off for a while. A whiskey-oriented show? Whiskey-oriented show, yeah. and I actually kind of want to cover the gamut of barrel-aged spirits, period. Love so love that idea. We, um, we, we shot a pilot a couple, um, it's been almost two months now, and we did, it went very well, um, but there was a little bit of a conflict of interest with the platform versus... Uh, the brands that I'm wanting to bring in and, and promote and have that sure. control over. So, and you're obviously wanting to be kind of brand agnostic in a, in a way that allows you to say what you want to say. I want to say what I want to be honest with yeah. with right. people, and I also want to get brands on and have that interaction. Our relationship entirely contained between us, instead of having to go through. Uh, a third party, a promoter, because then, of cause then you run the yeah, risk yeah, of what happens sure. if there's a fallout there, and then of they course, don't want to come to the course, event. Yes. And so uh, I've been in talks, and I, I can't say quite who yet, but I've been in talks with a pretty large local uh, media company who wants to do it. We may we're working on trying to start fi- filming and recording next week. Um, that will be out soon, but I've got. You know, some pretty big names lined up, like Fred No. He's the retired master distiller with uh, with Beam, Beam Distillery. Mm-hmm. So they make Knob Creek. They make Beam White Label, Beam Black Label. I mean, they make some of the most bookers. Um, so Creeks. Fred will be on the, on the show pretty early on. Uh, I'm working on getting uh, a couple other people locally probably in first to kind of work out okay. the kinks. But it's going to well, be just like the same thing, just conversational and let's drink together and talk. And I love it. And, and we're... Obviously, we will be big fans, and uh, you can come to our. And I our, want you on. I want, you, I want well, you guys of course to come we on. want to be on. Uh, wait, wait a second. Do we have to bring the same quality spirits to your no, show no. that you? And bring this to is ours? all trash. No one drinks this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, you can find. You'll be able to find out about the show. Obviously, if you're uh, following us on Facebook or anything, we'll tell you exactly where and when. And uh, and you can find it, of course, on by uh, following so, Houston whiskey whiskey. Social or the Houston Bourbon Society as well. Correct. correct? Yeah, you're going to follow it all over the page. All right. So we're about to taste an Ale Smith Old Numbskull Barley Wine Ale. It is 11% alcohol by volume. And uh, a Great American Beer Festival 2008 named uh, Ale Smith the Brewing Company of the Year, Small Brewing Company of the Year. And uh, Ian, of course, has already let the cat out of the bag that this is something he's already familiar with. I don't so. know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've uh, never tried this before. Uh, okay, so can we get can we get a close-up on <clears throat> Ian's face as we get his uh, unrehearsed reaction to the barley wine ale from Alesmith called Old Numbskull? Can we do that? Yeah, it, it's 
Great Jehoshaphats. Uh, that worked. That worked for me. That worked for me. <laughs> um, uh, Ian, your thoughts about the old numbskull? Old numbskull, first off, comes in at the right price point. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's what not is it, $6? Expensive. I think that's right. I don't remember. Yeah, that, but yeah it's I think $6 that's right. for a bomber of this stuff. This is a fantastic uh, barley wine. It's a little bit leaning more towards a U.S. Because uh, it's got more, it's more the barley more wine ale. Yeah, and it's got a little of the hoppy. It's in a little the, hoppier, uh, and but the, it has the classic barley wine profile that you expect. Lots of raisin, lots of mm-hmm. uh, like that kind of date, dark. Plum almost, a little bit of bitterness from the hot, right? Overripe, overripe banana in, a, in a good thing. way. Yes, in a good way. Um, yeah, there's a little dankness, so it's very sweet, very big, and it's 11%. Ian has taught me that dank can be a good word when it comes to certain beers. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's syrupy, and that's something that, and I'm actually, I'm glad you have a little bit left because I'd mm-hmm. like to. It does have I'd, a heavy I'd like for feel. you to taste it compared to mm, mm, the, the maple shade. So maybe very the, excited about what's these. What's the yes. percentage of that? Uh, 11? 11, yes. Yeah, so this is, only, I think, 13 or 14. This one goes Holy uh, moly. Barley wine has always got a thick, hazy, uh, syrupy flavor heaviness. to it. Yeah, heaviness, right. So it definitely sits heavy in the in the gut. Now, in your show, you'll you'll be interested in these types of beers because these are uh, uh, these are barrel aged. Yeah. So I, I want to basically have real conversations that don't come off as an interview with anything that spends time. Most. I mean, I'm not. I'm not rigid with my thing, but we, you know we're gonna have Greg Duxakis on, which is a phenomenal. Uh, you know he represents Pierre Ferrand, which is mm-hmm. cognac and, and plantation rum. Right, and, I love uh, plantation and rum. And Pasha Morchetti, who's one of my my favorite human beings in Houston, he runs Rosewater down in Clear Lake. I'd like to have them on and have a discussion, introduce people outside the whiskey category to those other relatives of whiskey. Amazing, yeah. Those other barrel those cousins, spirits, yeah. Great, yeah. And if it's delicious. And it touches a barrel. Who doesn't love it? So speaking of the barrel age, uh, that following the Glendronic mm-hmm. with the oak and the oak, mm. they really, really complement complement each, each other. other. Yeah, I might have just have to have a little more of that Glendronic yeah, to see what here. you are uh, uh, speaking of there, <laughs> Mister Ian. Cruz throws down the gauntlet and says, yeah. "Prove it." <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back for our final segment. In the final segment, we will be tasting. Uh, another spirit, I believe, because you have another bottle here. I think we haven't tried, uh, and we'll be tasting this. Tell me again, because it's not real clear on the maple label. shade. Maple shade. It's by Paris see, Brewing. It's very dark. I can see the uh, the maple leaf on the front of there, and Paris Brewing. Excited about this. That's coming up. Plus, the nine types of craft beer drinkers that will drive you nuts. We'll share that with you when we come back. It's smoking and toasting. I see I have a bunch of friends watching. They need to go ahead and share this. You guys share this for me. Share Come it out there. Make sure share, everybody share, gets it. Share, share, share. Also, it's good to see y'all. Mm. Uh. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. For some reason, we're playing like cup roulette. I don't know what that's about. Uh, welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's always a fun show when we have Chris Hart on, and uh, I want to thank you. And not just because you bring uh, cool stuff, but uh, we just we just love hanging out and discussing uh, you know everything. New from, kids on the block, yeah, new kids on the block to <laughs> to, to great spirits with you and, and Backstreet. It's a lot of boys fun. And- so I think you'll find this interesting, Chris. I have a great article. Vine Pair, V I N E P A I R. Vine Pair is a great website. 
obviously they do a lot of stuff about wine, as you might expect from their name. But they also do stuff about craft beer and spirits, and they're a really good. I recommend them highly. They're a good one to uh, bookmark and check out from time to time. So they just posted an uh, an article uh, recently that we've done things similar to this, but I thought this was really good, so I thought I would share it. The nine types of craft beer drinkers who will drive you nuts. Okay, does, and, it, does it have my name on that list? Yes, it's a, uh, number three, the Ian Berries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a whole beer group in Houston Damn that it. needs to be on that list. Uh, but I, I thought you might find some similarities in this with some of your uh, some of your bourbon buddies and some of your whiskey buddies. So, I guarantee you the vast majority of that bleeds over to whiskey. This article says craft beer is revolutionary. The industry has created international movements and launched more than 6,000 breweries across the United States. But unfortunately, the success has enabled certain enthusiasts to take what is inarguably a wonderful thing and turn it into grounds on which to proselytize and ruin everyone else's good time. Uh, here are some of the craft beer obsessives who might drive you to drink. Number one, the untapped attic. This is the beer geek who would rather have a sip of four limited releases than to take the time to actually enjoy one of them. Uh, anyone who actually gets a dopamine release from all the untapped badges uh, as if you deserve a reward for your flighty drinking habits. So have you been to one of these events, uh, Ian, where people get like badges for the different stuff that they taste? I know a lot of beer drinkers that act like that anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so that's number one. Uh, they were, by the way, a lot of those beer drinkers that I know that were like that were quite alarmed when I told them, oh, uh, on my birthday party, I just took my bottle of Tactical Nuclear Penguin and split it between about six people just to try it. <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? You can't. Oh, my God. Uh, number two, the Countdown King. Yes, there is an optimal time in which to consume all beers. And yes, freshness is important, particularly with certain styles. But if you're railing on someone who's trying to enjoy their six-month-old IPA, you're missing the point. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Paris released their um, uh, Ghost of the Machine. I think I don't know how often they do it, but there was a Ghost. You, of the, you brought that on the show that that you and I that did it froze. Together. Yeah, well, <laughs> froze it. That was that one of the greatest it. beers I've ever tasted. That beer. Was amazing. So that was their DDH, their double dry hopped uh, ghost, but their original ghost release, they're, they're like their standard ghost released, if you can say that. It um, apparently has a shelf life of a week. Uh, so when I bought a case, I had a lot of drinking to do. And you're not going to put it all down in a week? No, no. No. So I got most of it down. I had family over. We, we helped each other out. But there were some that I had sitting in the shelf for. A month, yeah. Came back to it. It was fine. Yes, it's fine. Exactly. I understand exactly. it's not optimum, but that's you're you're missing the point. Well, I will just say that if you have a chance to access some more of that beer at a certain point in time, I will be. I got you covered. I'll be rewarding you handsomely. Well, the guy that helps me. There's two guys that help me. A local guy named John and and John. Forgive me for butchering your last name. Bus or Buse. It's B U S S E. Mm -hmm. And another guy named David Roger. If you guys continue to show as much love as you have to me, I I'll be sure to show the love. It's a wonderful and amazing thing. Uh, annoying uh, craft beer drinker number three, the shelfy hater. Craft beer is increasingly accessible. They say. And that's too bad because some people hate joy. <laughs> so what it's talking about is people who like don't like 
the fact that it's so much easier now oh, to right. find good craft beer on the shelf than it used to be. You know, uh, because they're not as special music, as they used to be. Music falls into oh, that category. Totally, so we've talked about totally. that before. Like, this band this. is awesome. No one knows about them. Yeah. Oh, that same album that I thought was awesome three months ago is now yeah. on the radio. Yeah, they sold out. Yeah, they sold out. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like there's, there's people like that with movies. Where, like what yep. you like. It's okay. I knew a guy who didn't like Avatar before he even tried it, before he even watched it. Because it was such a big hit. Right. That he refused to awesome, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, automatically not like it. Yeah. The next one is number four, the line hater. Sometimes the journey is the destination. Other times you're missing the birth of your child because you stood on a Brooklyn sidewalk for seven hours. To quote the good people of Paste, if you're a beer tourist who's paying a drug addict a pittance to stand in line overnight for you so you can sell a bottle of Imperial Stout on eBay, then you are officially the worst kind of beer geek there is. <laughs> so that's that's actually yeah. what's known as flipping, if I understand that correctly. Right. And, right. And now, does this exist in the spirits world? Uh, I... <laughs> I would say pretty confidently, unless I'm missing something, mm -hmm. that spirits are far more often flipped than beer. Really? I, I'd say that, I think that's probably correct, yeah. And there is a far more, I guess you could call it a, and this I'm just making this up, I, I guess you could call it a bourbon secondary market of some sort, if that's what you would want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's a... Uh, Widely popular activity, okay, and people get very furious, especially like so. For instance, <laughs> this is like the ticket scalper, right? right yes, a bunch of yeah, exactly yes. what it's like. It's like a but, ticket scalper. So you can't buy them, and then you have to buy them from a scalper. <laughs> but there's a there's a lot of emotional investment in whiskey. So like for instance, uh, Al uh, Al Young, who I guess did most of the barrel tastings at Four Roses for many years until they decided to give him a release of his own, and the Four Roses Al Young people lined up outside the distillery overnight. And took pictures with him signing their bottles, and then posted those pictures of him signing the bottles online for sale. And that bottle that was like 150 bucks is now going for 600, 700 dollars on these imaginary groups. So it's it's it pisses a lot of people off. Which brings us to our next one: the relentless Instagrammer. Here's what the article says. I'm guilty of that. It says, "Hey, can I have a?" Hashtag beer, hashtag beer geek, hashtag love beer, hashtag beer nerd, hashtag drink craft, hashtag do you have a charger I can use? <laughs> so these guys write good articles. Like I like the way they do uh, do this and do the humor. The next one is the mansplainer. You work at a brewery and a homebrew? That's cool. I've never tried brewing myself, but let me tell you why your last saison didn't work out. I don't like the term mansplaining for many reasons. Yes? Talk to me. The down talker, the condescension, yeah. totally agree. Yeah. But mansplainer is just a – what you're saying is just it's a male person who's being condescending. Right. But that happens in the beer world. There's a girl locally mm -hmm. that that uh, <laughs> for many – for many people uh, that I know of, that she's quite condescending, <laughs> but she's not mansplaining. She's just being condescending. She's girlsplaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, all, right. all right. That's fair enough. How about the self-proclaimed beer nerd who's never had anything but <clears throat> New England IPAs? This is the same person giving IPAs. I talked about this earlier in the show. The same person giving IPAs low ratings on Untapped because they're, quote, bitter. Brah. IPAs are supposed to be bitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The same way with sours. Mm -hmm. They taste like ketchup. Mm -hmm. For the most part, 
Uh, then there, sour yeah, thing. right. Uh, Apparently not. I no, like sours. I like some sour. We've had some good sours on the show. Uh, there is the one upper says, uh, "Oh, you've tried Hitty Topper. Have you tried Focal Banger? I'm so over that man. I just tried my all my Alchemist for every trillion brood in the last five seconds. Have you tried uh, Treehouse's new DDH DIPA with lactose, oats, and baby tears? Me and my buddy waited three days for a sample pour. It's amazing. Yo, are you on Untapped? <laughs> And finally, the indie or die drinker. Supporting independent brewers is fantastic, but no one invited your soapbox to the party. Even craft brewers enjoy a macro beer when the time is right. And so there you go. There's your, uh, there's your uh, nine types of craft beer drinkers to, uh, uh, to drive you. They, they vastly overlap into the bourbon world. I mean, there's a lot of um, snootiness that happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and and you know that's going to happen anytime you're dealing with products of this quality. It happens with automobiles. Yes. So happens with guitars. I bet, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. you're absolutely. a guitar like uh, aficionado. So there's there's a, a local uh, infamous individual who many infamous, of you I love this. any many of you may be able to to know who I'm talking to, but um, the word tater is used quite a bit in regards to people who do do that. They, they fall in prey to those habits of snobbiness mm-hmm. uh, or not just snobbiness but they also fall prey to typical behavior of like people who jump on trends mm-hmm. and and I told them I said you know there's two types of taters or two types of those types of people and it's pe- and, and neither type likes to be called out so it's yeah. <laughs> there's going to be that that air of arrogance in beer or whiskey it's a it's a common practice it happens in cigars too yes it does cigars Although, is a big one I did review a black and mild today uh, well you were so successfully like, by the way yeah, successfully were, I want to go buy and one let me just say you were so not a cigar snob like you have you have thrown well, your so like with, coolness down. Okay, with all of this though, beer, whiskey, tequila, it doesn't matter. Drink it, enjoy it. Right. If you're not Love actually drinking, like I don't care like how rare that bottle is. If you don't drink it, what are you doing with it? And if you don't enjoy it when you drink it, then it didn't matter. Yeah, how it's rare like collecting it was, a right? car that you never drive. Right. I say this about music all the time. Like what you like. It's okay. That's the coolest thing you can do. If you actually like the Backstreet Boys, own it. Like the Backstreet Boys. You know? Backstreet's back and they're in your heart. (laughs) So, yeah, like we get that in in the guitar world all the time because people go out and buy incredibly expensive guitars and they can barely play. You know what? That's okay too. Yes. You know what? Own whatever you want to own. Yes. But you know what that is? That that's but don't a, be snobby about it. That's yes. the spectrum of when you finally get to the point in your life that you have a little bit of money, you want to collect. Mhm. Then you get to a point where you have quite a bit more money, then you can collect and consume. You don't want to give up that That's bottle. That's when it gets awesome. You, see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. you don't want to give up the bottle unless it's a special occasion until you get to the yeah. point where you have so yeah. much that you can enjoy whenever. I, I will agree. Wanna... When I first started drinking scotch, mm-hmm. um, my one bottle that I would have would go pretty fast because it was the only scotch I had. Right. And uh, so I decided when I had a decent paycheck, I went out and bought like three or four bottles. And then you get a little more conservative because you're now you're like, well, I actually have something here. But then you try a little bit each, and they all go a little slower. And then you buy a couple mm-hmm. more, and then you end mm-hmm. up with a collection. Then you're sitting on 500 bottles. <laughs> yes. Then you're I don't Ian. have 500 bottles. But I will say that once you actually start a collection, it's easier to be more conservative with it. Yes, that's absolutely true. I see absolutely. you smelling that wax. I'm How bad is that? I'm smelling the wax, and it's 
freaking awful. Like this is <laughs> that uh, This is like it's very manure smelling. Since we are in the realm of saying cuss words on this yes. episode, it smells like cat shit. Yes, it does. That's perfectly <laughs> described. However, it's awful. I've been told, and what I'm smelling is the uh, the wax that is on the top of this bottle. Let me see this. Are you coming over here? That smells horrific. It yes. smells like cat litter. Yeah, it I smells mean, it's, like cat it's, litter. It's, it's, it's awful. This but is the wax that's on the top of this bottle that you brought yep. that is the maple leaf on it. That Maple shade. Maple right? shade. Right, so you're not going to be able to use your fingers on that. You're going to have to. There you go. All right, so I've just popped the top on this Now, bad the boy. beer itself is, and which, by the way, might be marketing genius. Right. To make your initial profile right, so when you see a bottle, don't smell the bottle. When you, when you see a bottle, you're hit by expectations. Oh, that's a pretty bottle, nice mm-hmm, packaging, mm-hmm, it must mm-hmm. be good. Then you smell the wax and you realize this is awful. I wasted my money. <laughs> like right, they, right, it's they, terrible. They, what the hell was I thinking? They yeah. lower your expectations briefly, and yes. then you taste it. All right. Well, I'm objectively, I'm, I might. Add. I'm very excited to taste it because I have to say, as I'm pouring it into the glasses Coffee. here. I'm seeing that it has the consistency of um, pennzoil is what I'm thinking. I was uh, thinking coffee. Okay. It's a it little looks like sludgy. A cold, it looks like a cold brew nitro coffee to me. Cold And brew it smells like ju- just that. It uh, smells exactly like that. You're right. A cold brew nitro coffee. Mm, I have a mm. friend of mine who works for a company called Caffeine. Caffeine. Okay. And, caffeine. Um, caffeine. Caffeine. They do cold brew coffee. Oh, like boy. That. Well, it is, certainly has got uh, on the nose. It's all coffee. So do, do exactly what I just did. And you will taste maple syrup for days. Just go. Oh, it, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. That's that. By the way, that was number ten on the things that the beer guys. People do. who make it's noises annoying. when they drink. Yeah, people who make noises when they uh, drink. I'm guilty. Uh, yeah, the uh, retro boy, oil on this is boy, completely maple syrup. Yeah. Completely, it, totally. It's like a maple syrup coffee. As a matter like, of fact, the mouth feel on this is just about maple syrup too. It's yeah. thick and he- now I here's could, the thing. I could pour this on uh, uh, on. This waffles. would be amazing on some pancakes. This barley wine. Mm-hmm. To me, is more syrupy than this, and this is higher proof. Now, this is going to take me a minute to process. It's a lot. It's rich. I don't know. I it's think rich. this has a heavier mouthfeel than the barley you wine. You think so? Yeah. This yeah. this feels more viscous. To, for some reason, barley wines I always make word. me think of syrup. Mm. And although this quite literally tastes like syrup, <laughs> to me, it's quite not. Literally tastes like syrup. It quite literally There's tastes an irony like pancake in that. syrup. But could, could I pour this over vanilla ice cream? Because it sure seems like it would be wonderful. Oh, let me tell you something. Like I would love to do this. Like have some good pancakes and just roll them up and dip. Okay, so I went to uh, the restaurant uh, Zochi downtown. Yeah, my wife and I went there, and they are specialists in uh, mole. Right, mole is delicious. Mole. So one of the appetizers you can get there is a mole sampler, and they bring you out. And we had the uh, waiter. Uh, we said you just pick them. They like, pick us four really good mm-hmm. moles. So he brought out. So it's, it's a little bowls with four moles, and they bring you tortillas, and you dip the tortillas in the mole and eat them. And that's kind of what I think I would like to do with this. With that, yes. I would like dip to dip tortillas in it. in it and eat it. So objectively, and here's the thing: I didn't make it, so be honest. Mm-hmm. Do you like it? I love it. I do. Yeah, I love it. Now it's delicious. Like so, like sometimes when we talk about like how thick and syrupy it is and all this other stuff, these are actually pluses, not minuses. Right. It's these not are, necessarily good. a bad thing. They're descriptors. Right. That's all they this, are. This, however, is like if you don't like maple syrup, you don't want this beer. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like if is. you don't like earthy, chocolatey uh, uh, aromas, there are some cigars you should stay away from. Right. You know. I'm. I'm just. 
I'm going to take a little sip of this, and then and I'm going to go it. back to the old numbskull, just since we're over the time of the show anyway. Why not? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, time of the show, barrel-aged beer, Houston Whiskey Social. <laughs> mm-hmm. Houston Whiskey Social. So When is that? Just a recap. July 28th. It's a can Saturday. We get, can we get tickets now? You you guys already have tickets. Yes. Yeah, so okay, but, tickets but I'm are talking about Eventbrite, people who are listening. Right. Yeah, Eventbrite. So Eventbrite tickets are on sale. You can also find them at Houston Bourbon. I'm sorry, Houston Whiskey Society. Let's try that again. Okay. HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. I'm and mixing up only, our, our but bourbon website. there's only 1,000 tickets available, right? Yeah, so, and I know that seems like a lot, but last year we sold out. No, it's out, not. Trust me. Last year we sold out of the event uh, more than a week in advance, and this year we moved to a much larger venue, and we're going to push the envelope to 350. I want to I want to hit easily, 350 different whiskeys. Easily the most enjoyable whiskey event I've ever been to. Easily. easily. It was so well set up. Uh-huh. Like it was so the amazing. Visuals, the way everything was laid out, the friendliness of the you know whiskey what? guys. I remember we commented after this too, because a lot of times you go to those events and what you end up with is someone who's hired from a serving company, right? Uh huh. That or a catering company that just comes out and they're like here and they're here, mm-hmm. and and that's what you get ninety percent of the time at a lot of these places. At mm-hmm. your place, like the people were knowledgeable. Yeah. So right. at it our wasn't event, just it wasn't just a girl. In a pretty outfit, hired to stand there and go, here, try our whiskey. Which is not entirely bad. There's nothing wrong still, with that. But it's yes. better to talk whiskey. Yeah, our our event is large. I have a really great working relationship with Frank Krockenberger, as you guys have met. Frank from is Beam, great. From Beam, Haley yeah. De La Rosa. Frank is great. I know Frank. Um, you know, Carrie from Heaven Hill. I mean, there's just a, these people are the actual brand representatives for yes. Houston. They're not just some poor person like and right, i don't right, mean right. poor person i mean poor person pouring pouring person yeah, yeah. yeah so it's it's we have a great and they're and they're in the houston remember Burbs when society. chris hart came on the show and he was like uh, talking trash about poor people <laughs> remember that <laughs> <laughs> and backstreet boys and backstreet boys yeah, backstreet. Uh, so houston well, chris, okay, whiskey social dot com tickets are gonna go fast i'm telling you because yeah so the it first, sold out last year the first early. day the first 24 hours we sold 250 tickets so we, they're they're going to move pretty quick. And, and the and date of the event is July twenty eighth. It's oh, Saturday. Awesome, I'll be back. It's we great. moved it to a Saturday, and we've actually got a few things lined up for some earlier tastings privately, that'll go up soon. But it's uh, it's I can't use the word unlimited legally, but I will say that there is as long as you are sober, there's something for you to try. There'll and, be plenty of stuff to try. Yes, and correct, including our own barrel selection. We just recently did a Knob Creek barrel that was mm, that Knob oh, Creek barrel oh, selection. Oh, real from quick last before year. the show's over, tell us about what you're doing with Southern Star. Okay, so as soon as I leave here, in fact, my wife is downstairs. Okay, I will be heading to Southern Star and Conroe. We have our last three barrel selections. We did two 1792 barrels and a Knob Creek. I'm sorry, and a Russell's Reserve barrel. We will be taking these barrels up north. Aging a barrel-aged stout, or aging a stout in the barrel, and in in Conroe at in Southern Conroe Star. At Southern Star for six months. Love Southern Star. These will be released at the retail level. We have stores that will carry the product, and uh, and a couple of bars and restaurants will carry the kegs of it. But we will have a Houston Bourbon Society barrel-aged stout through Southern Star, and we're excited. So That's awesome! Exciting. They're so good, and we actually just reviewed their uh, coconut black and crack. vanilla, by the way. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes, we just reviewed the crack. Yeah, we just reviewed the black crack on here. It was so good. Uh, So good. So, well, Chris, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. And I just wanted to mention before we go that 
the um, the maple. Say it again. The maple. Maple shade. Maple shade. Maple yep. shade. To go back and forth. And can we find this maple shade in local stores, or is this a very limited thing? That's Parish. Yes. Yeah, so right? it's only Parish, it's right? only available at the distillery, and they okay. they've already they they already had the release, and they sold all of it. So so I will tell available. you uh, then uh, in my best beer snob way. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you can't get this. Um, but this is wonderful. Going back and forth with this the and the old numbskull profile. The difference in the profile and the way they complement each other. And that's one of the things that we have really enjoyed lately is how beer and uh, spirits can complement each other. In this case, it's two different beers complementing each other, and it's a wonderful thing. And plus, you have two beers. And plus, I'm holding two beers. (laughs) Look, look, I'm two-fisted. Thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, I can't can't say it enough, man. I I always have such a fun time on the show. You guys are great. uh, We are looking forward to being on your show and having a fun time on that as well. Absolutely. And we'll try to bring some goodies that are as interesting as the goodies you bring. Uh, I'm excited. You You guys are allowed to bring beer. Uh, <laughs> consider it done. Uh, we want to thank you guys for helping us get to 80 episodes in uh, a couple weeks. 80 episodes. Yes. In a couple of weeks, we will be live from Los Angeles. We are scouting uh, for uh, locations now, and we're really excited because we want to uh, come to you from someplace in L.A. where we can smoke and enjoy uh, some local brews and maybe some local uh, spirits. And we really want to establish smoking and toasting uh, in the state of California. Well, so yeah, and, and and like I said earlier, is uh, it shouldn't be too hard to find a place to smoke cigars in California because you simply can't smoke inside, and you're not allowed to smoke outside. So uh, we you're have, not allowed to smoke yeah. outside. No, yeah. in California places. you can't smoke a, a cigar while you're places, walking. You can't for smoke real. Outside, you can't smoke yes. outside. That's absurd. Yeah, it, That's it is absurd. It is. California and New York are the two most unfriendly states to cigar smokers in the union. And we'll get more into that in future episodes. But we're going to work this out. And yes. wait a second, and this means you're going to fly me out to L.A. We're going to go to L.A., you, you and me, my friend. It's going to be awesome. You and me and Adam on the Wheels of Steel. This is the toughest yes. job ever. It is. It's going to be a tough one. So, uh, so we want to uh, thank you again, Chris, for being on the show and for helping. You have been a big supporter of this show. Uh, from the very, very early days, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, one more time. Thank Absolutely, you, guys. Yes. Thanks Absolutely. so much, guys. And uh, to everyone who's enjoyed uh, any of the shows we've done as we got to number 80, uh, we salute you. Cheers, Cheers my friend. Uh, have a wonderful week. Blue Solo Cup. Blue Solo Cup. Don't ever stop doing that, by the way. <laughs> Don't ever stop doing it. I know. It's so good, isn't it? It's really good. It's really good. It's a great.